This is Social Media Simplified, a podcast that takes the guesswork out of using social media to build your audience and increase your exposure on the web. Join us as a social media scholar for exclusive tips, tactics, and strategies to create content, market your brand, and much more. Let's do this. Hey, all you social media scholars, welcome to Social Media Simplified. I'm Nathan Garrett, your digital dynamo. And I'm Lance Tacona, your collaboration connoisseur. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to create a perfect LinkedIn profile and the one thing that will keep you from getting hired. So recently in my life, I've uh, decided to go and join a advertising agency. And Lante has been very gracious and has been helping me with my resume and my LinkedIn profile. He's saying how important it is to have your LinkedIn profile perfect before anything else. So today we're going to be talking about how to create this perfect LinkedIn profile. Yeah, and just to preface that a little bit to give context, right now um, unemployment is like at an all-time low. Everybody's got jobs, and so it's really um, hard for candidates who are looking actively looking for jobs to um, to find open roles. As companies grow, uh, yes, opportunities come up, but they also get snagged up very quickly. And a lot of time, companies have people in the pipeline ready to go. So if you're an active job seeker, um, it's, it's not an easy time right now. And so uh, having a LinkedIn profile is essentially your, your, your center, your core, your foundation, your cornerstone when it comes to looking for jobs. Um, in addition to you know resumes and the rest of that thing, but at this day and age with social media and tech and um, the opportunity to, to reach people on a global scale or, or people who are outside of your proximity, having a LinkedIn profile is uh, 100% the, the cornerstone of all of this. Yep, yeah, and we went through it the other day and he gave me some really valuable tips on stuff I actually would never have intuitively thought to do. And today we'll be talking about uh, some of those tips and hopefully giving you a lot of valuable insight for everyone else out there, how to create their own perfect LinkedIn profile. Yeah. And so I guess like the way we could start this out is just to give a little bit of structure. Um, And if anyone is following along on their computer or on their phone, um, opening up your LinkedIn profile, I think what we can do is step through the various parts of a LinkedIn profile and then we can kind of dig into like the more granular um, areas. There's multiple elements to it. So we'll go through each one and give you some valuable tips. Yeah. So the the first thing you want to consider is that when you first open up your LinkedIn profile on your phone or on your desktop, the part that's on the screen, like the, what you'll be able to see on the screen in particular at the very top, very, very top border, you'll have your cover photo and the very, very bottom, you'll have a, a snippet of your summary section. That's what people see as soon as they land on your LinkedIn profile. And the reason why I want to draw this, uh, point is because as you're applying for jobs, as you're, you're talking to people and networking, as you're connecting with people on LinkedIn, the first thing that they see is that area, that section that I just described, the top being the cover photo and the very bottom being your summary. And so having that as captivating as possible, as personal as possible, um, interesting as possible is, is key because if it looks boring, if it's standard, if there's nothing there, then um, that's the first touch point as a candidate that you're missing out on capitalizing on. That makes sense. Right. It's the whole above the fold idea where yeah. it's the first thing they see. So you want to make it uh, captivating and for them to actually in- incentivize them to click show more. Yeah. Because they want to read more about it. Not even show more is to read it in general, right? If there's nothing there, you have nothing to read. 
Right, then, right. then you're not getting anywhere with that. So, so, so capture consider, their attention. So capturing attention is the first part. You want to be inviting and in that very first part. This part is what we want to consider as our digital handshake. Yep. Right. If it's not uh, an arm extended, you know, and ready to shake hands with somebody, um, ready to be welcoming, ready to start a conversation. If it doesn't bring any of that sort of out of it, then you're missing out. And so, so let's talk through that. The first thing is your cover photo. Now, a lot of times on LinkedIn, if you're just a beginner user or you haven't like updated your profile in a long time, you'll have this standard blue banner that goes across your screen. It's literally like the the standard LinkedIn template that they give you. I'd encourage you to change that. Change that to something. It doesn't need to be um, a call to action. It could just be a cool photo. It could have things about you know you being creative. It could have you know maybe like some squiggly design, some colorful art, whatever it is. It doesn't really matter what that portion is as long as you change it outside of that standard template, right? Mm. Now you want to be conscious of what you put there um, because again, this is your digital handshake. So whatever you want, however you want to present yourself. Or what you want to convey to your audience, take that into account. Something representative. Take that into account, yeah. yeah. But just just change your, your cover photo. That shows that you're active, you're involved, you're not just a dead, normal, dormant profile, right? Right. The second thing while we're on the topic of pictures, goes without saying, but I do see this um, from time to time, some people don't have a profile picture. If, if you're serious about this job candidate hunt, you have to have a profile picture. The debate with having that profile picture is some people say, you know, you should have like a sort of like suit and tie, like, you know, on the job kind of look. Other people say, no, be expressive, be yourself on that photo. I'd advise you to be yourself, right? However way you show up to work every day or however way you, you dress on a regular basis or, you know, whatever it is you're, you're into, you just want to be presentable. If somebody invites you out for a, you know, a dinner at their house or a barbecue or whatever it may be, you had dressed a certain way, you have your personality, I would encourage you to, whatever you're comfortable in, present that, be, be wearing that, right? Be comfortable. I do advise you not to have, you know, friends and family or a dog or whatever in the picture. This is you. This is your website. This is your digital handshake. Um, so, you know, put your face on it, right? Stamp your personality on it. That makes sense. So you actually wouldn't recommend um, strictly professional photos. It actually can be something more of showing off your personality, but still some some level of professionalism to yeah. it. Yeah. For example, like um, I worked for a healthcare company, and it was a very traditional company, and um, you know people wear slacks and dress shirts and stuff like that. But my LinkedIn profile was me um, still in a professional setting. I had you know my glasses on and you know smiling and everything, but I all I had on was a, a nice flannel shirt. Right. It wasn't a dress shirt. It wasn't anything spectacular. It, you know, had checkers on it and it was cool. It was like a flannel shirt. But, you know, it was nice. You know, I looked presentable. It was good. Mm. I can be a part of that company and still wear that because people outside of work have normal lives. Just be presentable. Now, I've also changed my profile picture many times. So um, at one point, I like even actually currently right now, I do have a dress shirt and a blazer on. But that's because I, that's what I feel comfortable wearing right now. Um, my job currently is in the tech industry. We do not wear blazers and button-up shirts, but my profile picture has that on there right now. Mm. So I just feel comfortable in that. So the key here is uh, be presentable, right? Good tip. Now, the most. Now we're getting into the details. That's all aesthetics, right? The the second part that you really want to pay attention to is the section that's right underneath your name. Right, your name comes first, and right under that, there is a place for your header. Right, your header, you're probably allowed about a hundred characters or so. And typically, um, as as a as a default setting, if you change, if today I'm a quality analyst 
for um, a quality company, right? And I put that as my position. The default setting that LinkedIn, uh, what LinkedIn does, is it puts your job title as your header. So to say, Lante Tacone at the top, quality analyst right underneath that. Now, that's okay, but there's room for you to sort of um, expand upon that opportunity a little bit more. Now, in my instance, I'll use myself as an example. So right now, um, I'm a social media strategist, right? That's what we do on this podcast. That's what I do on my side projects. And so the first thing that's in my header is social media strategist, right? I picked that to describe it. But my nine to five, I'm more of a product consultant, more of a strategy kind of guy. So I have a backslash and then it says product consultant. So the first thing in there is social media strategist, product consultant, right? And what I'm doing there is letting you know what I'm about, what I do. Uh, a lot of times we think that LinkedIn profiles force us one way or another. We have to like present our full professional capacity and our personality, and we have to kind of put our side businesses, side projects, side endeavors aside. <laughs> and so, um, and but this is uh, the beauty of the platform is that you don't have to do that. On the side, outside of my nine to five, I'm a social media strategist. I love ads. I love Facebook. I build um, I build businesses on like let's say around coaching LinkedIn, etc. I'm a social media strategist. But on the nine to five side, I'm a product consultant. So I have the opportunity to put both of those things in there, right? I'm not torn between one or the other. Yeah. And then another key part of that is then expand upon that. So for my example, I say I'm a social media strategist, strategist, strategist product consultant, and I'm in the business of changing behaviors and amplifying online authority. Mm. So I, su- I summed up what I'm doing, and I was very broad with that. I'm in the business of changing behaviors. That could be professionally, that could be personally, that could be externally for other people. It could be my own behaviors, but I'm into that. And I'm also into online authority, building communities, sort of advertising. How do you build your brand? So my thing is I'm a social media strategist, a product consultant, and I'm in the business of changing behavior and amplifying authority. Hmm. Right. So what I'm hearing is more of like, if you were to stick to this format, you have the first two are really the the titles and what you do, and the last thing is more of a elaboration or like a mission statement. Yeah, just a quick soundbite, a quick yeah. snippet of what it is you do. It could be um, I'm a technical, I'm a I'm a salesman in technology, right? I'm a tech. Uh, let's say I'm a sales. I'm a techno. I'm a salesman, sales rep in technology, right? Or a relationship manager in technology. And um, a consultant, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm in the business of uh, providing value to customers and or in customer and product education, right? It sure. could be something along the lines. Just just elaborate a little bit more on it. Now, the important part about this, now the very most important part is, don't get too, I want to call it uh, not creative, but don't go too left field with what you're calling yourself, right? Because on LinkedIn, there are specific job roles that are pre-programmed into the, the platform itself, right? Like social media strategist is a real job title, right? You can type that into LinkedIn or Google and it'll give you jobs that say social media strategist, right? If you want to call yourself uh, a video storyteller, right? Um, that's not a popular career. That's a, something you're calling yourself, absolutely. But it's, it's left field. And what happens is when people who are not of the left field mindset are looking for people mm-hmm. like you and they're using the standardized words, like maybe you're not a video storyteller, tell a, um, a video videography storyteller. Maybe what you do is you're a, a, you do communications and PR, 
Mm. You might do it through video, but you do communications and PR. You want to make sure you have those standard titles in there. And the reason why you're doing that isn't to cut yourself or sell yourself short. It's to become more searchable by the algorithms that are on the platform itself. When people are looking for you, they're going to be looking for you by, you know, what's normal, what's the mass, what are people calling you? And if you get too creative with that, too left field, when people search for that, you won't pop up. Yeah, that was a good point you made about mine. I was kind of going rogue there with some unique titles that I that I am. However, am I searchable? Am I discoverable with those mm-hmm. titles? I wasn't, and so that was a really good suggestion you made. Right. So you just, you were describing because um, you have a lead generation business, right? That's right. And by generating leads, uh, you do multiple things. You probably use campaigns to then generate those leads. You probably create sales funnels to generate those leads. And so when you look at job titles on a mass scale and what people are calling that, um, we found out that a lot of people are calling that a campaign manager. Yep. Right, so if you want to get found for lead gen and sales funnels or content curation, the the title is is a campaign. Yeah, manager. I'm usually managing paid ads, paid campaigns as a campaign manager, which is essentially what right, I do. Right, right. Yeah. So you can go into the details of what it is you do with the SEO and the ads and all that sales, you know, click funnels and the tools that you might be using in the experience section. But up top, your digital handshake, cover photo, a nice photo of you. What do you do so you can be searchable? Are you a consultant? Are you a strategist? And then a little bit of an elaboration. You might be able to say, Mm. I'm a campaign manager and I focus on lead generations through the creation of uh, paid campaigns. Right Right on, right on. That's your summary. I like that a lot. Very good template as well. I mean, everyone loves a good template. So that's some good suggestions. I was going to say one more thing about the profile photo. Um, It's probably already understood that this needs to happen, but make sure it's high quality as far as the um, the clarity of the photo itself. I've seen some really grainy photos on this platform and it just looks unprofessional regardless of what the setting is. Make sure it's a high quality photo. Yeah, make sure it's a good one. And, and phones these days take excellent pictures. So, you know, if you have one of the latest phones, you could probably take a nice, in a nice lighting, you know, against a wall or against whatever. Yeah, it could be outside, it could be important. in a building, whatever, a park. But, you know, just um, make sure you're, you're, you have a good quality photo. Yeah. All right, and then the last portion, because we're talking about that first above the fold, that digital handshake section, the last portion is a small soundbite in the summary section. The summary is like the free text box where you have free for all to like say whatever. Typically, I feel it's like it's underutilized. I see this a lot and working um, for LinkedIn and through LinkedIn, I see that um, a lot of people either don't write anything at all in that section because they don't know what to say and it's not mandatory, or some people, um, keep it very sort of cut and dry. You know, you might be looking for a job in, in, um, in, in the sales industry. You might be talking about yourself, but a lot of people would just say, okay, so back to that sales consultant guy. I'm a sales consultant in technology, and, um, I'm, a, and, I, and I, I, uh, I'm a relationship manager, right? I talk to customers. So the summary for that person on a cut and dry, cut and dry sort of like perspective would be, I manage relationships with customers and uh, I do this to grow the, the business and drive revenue. That's what you see in that. And that's great. That, I mean, that's what you do. Absolutely. But again, it's a digital handshake. If you were to walk up to somebody at a bar and they ask you kind of like, what do you do? Right. Make it conversational. Right. Like I work with enterprise accounts and in the technology field. And my primary um, objective is to make sure that the customers gain as much value out of the products that I'm selling, right? Um, I run educational training courses on top of that uh, to further benefit and nurture the relationships with my customers. 
That's what I do, right, as a sales technologist relationship manager. It's much more easier to digest. It's much more conversational. Yeah, yeah. That's what you want to have in, like, your summary section because, again, people will see a snippet of that, and you want to be starting a conversation, opening up the gates, and sort of lowering down the wall, that barrier of friction, to make yourself approachable. Mm. What I'm hearing there is more of less of, like, saying a noun of, like, oh, I... I'm in advertising, I'm this, and more of like an action statement with the value you provide. Yeah, an action statement with the value you provide. It could be your goals, your objectives. It could be what you're working on, what you're passionate about. Like maybe you have a passion for a public policy, but really, uh, or maybe you have a position in public policy, but your passion is really um, community uh, involvement, right? Maybe it's like going green. Maybe you want to start community gardens, and that's what you're passionate about because you're passionate about the environment, right? So you want to get down to that core uh, passion, like I'm passionate about the environment, and because I'm passionate about the environment, I'm in this position, and in this position that I'm in, these are the things that I'm doing that are then reaching or tying back to my passion, mm-hmm. right? It would be very um, prescriptive and very. Uh, this it all comes down to storytelling, right? That's what a digital handshake mm-hmm. is, and that's what your LinkedIn profile is. So the area that we just talked about is it's critical for the job seekers to understand that you have to be presentable, right? both uh, physically in your picture you have to look attractive in your cover photo don't look like a stale proto, uh, you know profile and at the same time once somebody has clicked on your profile they see who you are they're invited they feel like they understand who you are from your header the next thing is they might be interested in understanding a little bit more about you and so that little bit more about you section in the summary is where you become more conversational and that's really where you start to tell your story right open up a little bit let people get to know you the only reason why people will contact you isn't because of the skill sets. When they're looking for skill sets, they're going to find out, you know, there's going to be a hundred, there's going to be a thousand people who have skills like you, but what separates you and what separates you is you, your personality. How do you stand out? And the way you do that is by articulating your story, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about yourself. Yeah. Storytelling is big across multiple platforms, not just in the, the job seeker area. I mean, storytelling comes back to really good copywriting as well and sales copying. Storytelling is very, very powerful. Yeah. And when you think about it, when you apply to a job and a, a recruiter you know, has identified you as a candidate and they're, they're deciding on whether or not to reach out to you, right? Um, more than likely what they're going to do is they're not just going to reach out to you blatantly like that. They're probably going to take your profile along with the others that they found and discuss it with their teams. Right? They're going to go through 30 profiles, let's say, b- between themselves and the hiring managers and say, okay, these are the candidates that you know we're thinking about pulling. You know, Who should we contact? And it's damn near not going to be all 30 of you guys. It's going to be one, two, or three of you guys. And so how do you stand out in that conversation? You want to be able to have words. You want to be able to have a story that the recruiter can then go tell their counterparts. Oh, I think we should go to this guy's profile. The reason why is because they're a technologist and they're um, or they're a sales rep in technology and they're a relationship manager. It's I love that they're also interested in going green because that's what our company is all about. We love going green. We love people who are consciously aware of that. This person has articulated that very well in their summary. Here, you want to read it? I'll share. I'll share their profile. They have a great story. Oh, and they like dogs. Oh, and they went to, let's say, the University of Michigan. Didn't you go there, Tom? Yeah. So now you're a conversation, right? In those meetings, you've presented enough information for them to talk about you, not say, hey, I got a profile here. It looks like they all match up. Mm. It's funny you mentioned that. It reminds me a lot about uh, that, uh, the element in marketing called social currency, where someone shares something, they share it. Why, Why, one, it is easy to share. It's consumable. 
one. And two, it makes them actually look pretty good by sharing. It makes them look a little more authoritative. Maybe they, maybe with Bob in that 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 fake uh, meeting, maybe that guy wants to get on Bob's good side. He's like, hey, Bob, this guy went to Michigan. Didn't mm-hmm. you go to Michigan? And like, he's like, yeah, well, good find. Nice right. job, you know? Exactly. Social currency in a way. Exactly. And so you begin to like tie in that personality and really start to drive some sort of like connections or common ground with the people who are looking at your profile. You got to remember at the end of the day, I mean, when you're like on Instagram, for example, um, we see a lot of like celebrities and a lot of people we don't know. And there's a lot of cool things going on or whatever. We don't really have that personal relationship. When you're looking for a job, a place that you're going to spend eight hours of your day, nine hours, 10 hours every day with the people, the people who are hiring you are the ones you're going to see every day. You know, they're looking for a person, right? And they're people on the other side that are looking at you and they want to know that, right? They want to be able to feel that, get a sense of who you are. And that's where the power of LinkedIn comes from because you have a profile dedicated to you where you can articulate your own story and provide value in that as well, right? What value do you bring to the table? Mm -hmm. So those are the main portions of the profile. Um, the, The first section right there above the fold starting from your cover picture down to your summary section. Um, those are good examples to, um, to, or those are good points to like really key in on and like focus on before you do anything else in your profile, right? Now, if you still are with me and you're on your desktop or you're on your phone, we're gonna skip down to the very bottom of your profile, um, the area where you talk about the, uh, your skills, featured skills and endorsements. Now, this part is where you're gonna really need to start playing to the algorithm. Right. This is not flashy. This is not personality. This is none of that stuff. When you have the opportunity to identify what skills you are capable of, um, of, of what you're, you're capable of carrying or what you're able to uh, sort of execute, your skills need to be, again, very cut and dry. Just like we were talking about the, a campaign manager versus a lead generator, you're going to be very, very, very standardized in the skill sets you select. For example, I'm, let's say, a project engineer and I work in a manufacturing environment. So my skills are project management, of course, manufacturing, of course, but there's a lot of other skills that are involved in there. It could be presentation. It could be leadership skills. Maybe I have a team. Um, Maybe I have to run training for my team. So I have uh, education, right, as a part, customer education as a part of that or team building as a part of that. Maybe I also um, use programs like Excel, but not just Excel, I do pivot tables really, really well, right? So pivot tables is the thing. Um, Maybe I'm a coder, maybe I can write in Java, maybe I can write in C++, maybe I can write in Python, right? You don't wanna just say your skill set is in coding or programming or computer software, you wanna say Java, you wanna say uh, Python, you wanna actually say those skills. The good thing about LinkedIn is in those sections when you start to type a word, it'll give you smart suggestions. Those smart suggestions are innate to the algorithm. Those are what people are gonna be searching by. When a recruiter is looking for somebody who can code in multiple languages, they're not gonna write coding in the search bar. They're gonna write Java, right? And if your profile doesn't say Java in the skill section, you won't pop up in their Mm -hmm. search results. So you want to make good use of the smart suggestions, but you really want to sort of deconstruct and pinpoint every single little skill set you have involved. Don't go broad at this point. Go very granular, Mm. but very standardized. That makes sense. Yeah, be very specific and play to the algorithm. I mean, I think that was another one of my... um, uh, points that you you pointed out to me on my profile is a lot of my skill sets 
uh, weren't exactly playing to the algorithm. They were more of like specific and niche to what I'm really good at. But and in the end, you know, I want to be discoverable, and that's a great way to do it. Right. So in your case, uh, lead generation may not be a skill, but the paid campaigns, paid campaign management, paid advertising, Facebook advertising, digital marketing, chat social bot. media advertising, chat bots. These are all skills that if you start to type in LinkedIn, it'll give you smart suggestions mm -hmm. for alternatives or that very skill set. So by calling it lead gen, you have to unpack that a little bit more, right? You want to have as many skills in there as possible that are related to what you can do because you, the goal here is to be able to be found by multiple avenues or via multiple avenues. Mm -hmm. So you're a coder, yes, but somebody found me through Java, somebody found me through Python, but I'm still a coder and they want that, right? So you want to think about it in that term, in, in those terms. So so we've talked about the, the first section, which is the cover picture. We talked about the profile picture. We talked about your header and we talked about your summary. Most importantly, we've also talked about the skills. That's gonna be the make or break point. If you do not have your skills populated accordingly and you're not um, expanding or, de or unpacking those skill sets, you, you simply just will not be found. It's a lot harder to be found. When people are running searches to say, I want somebody who does these skills and you don't have those skills physically and like aggressively listed within the skill section of your profile, you won't be found. That's how it works. It's go fish, right? Do I have a six? Yes, I have a six. Boom, go fish, right? That's yeah. how that works. So um, now that we've talked about those sections, let's talk about the, the middle section, the, the, the meaty section where a lot of us have problems with and a lot of us don't really know what to do, um, and that's the experiences, right? How do you talk about your positions? How do you talk about um, what you've done? How do you talk about your accomplishments? Um, and, and that's a, a sticky point. I was actually speaking with um, one uh, individual this morning, right before, um, actually right before you came over, Nathan, about her LinkedIn profile. And all the other things were correct. The things we just talked about were correct and all well done. But the experience section, what I noticed is that for her most recent experience, she had one sentence typed about what she's done. The experience that followed after that, she had about 10 different bullet points listed. And the experience that followed that, she maybe had like five. So it's not a consistent way of telling your story. It's not a consistent way of um, articulating what you can do in your accomplishments. So what I would recommend is that in each section for each of your experiences, the first line, for example, I'll use myself. The first line, for example, my, I worked for a company called Abbott, right? And at Abbott, I was a project engineer. So the first thing I want to do is when I add a new experience, I want to look up my company's name. And I want to make sure that that company's logo pops up and select that. You don't want to have a gray box that has a building that says you work at a company. You want the actual company's logo there. That's official. The second thing is you want to include your uh, actual position. Make sure you're using the smart suggestions. If you're a campaign manager, write campaign manager. If you're a lead generator, consider writing campaign manager, right? So you can be searchable. And then now you get to the body where you have to figure out what to articulate. Now we always get stuck here. And a lot of times, um, what I've seen people do is write this section the same way as they would write their resume. So they might have like, you know, three to five bullet points, and they're talking about what it is that they've accomplished at the job. In the example, there was about 10 of these. Now, the first thing that I see when I see more than five bullet points listed in this section is that you haven't thought thoroughly about what you do, right? You're, you're picking at all the little nitty gritty details, but you haven't taken time to step back to say, what is the value I've added here? So for example, in my project engineering role, um, what I would do is I supervise a team of people 
and um, I had a whole operation going, so I had to make sure everything was running smoothly. Um, I had to report on the results, so like some PowerPoint stuff was you know being done in there as well. So instead of me saying I created PowerPoint presentations, I led a team, um, and then I ran processes of an operation. You could do it that way. That's very clean cut. Um, but if you really think about it, a big portion of my job was to manage the processes of an operation. And my operation consisted of a team of four people. And I had to report on metrics so that we can drive continuous improvement, right? So that we can see the results going up. Continuous improvement means we perform at 75% higher or we perform at 60, we, we raise the bar from 20% to 50%. So, so you wanna kind of like unpack that a little bit rather than going really granularly and like moving, you know, uh, kind of like picking out tiny, tiny little pieces of your project. Find out like in your position, what are three things that you do? What are three things that you have done? Or what are the three goals that you have to accomplish for that position? Think about those goals and then use experiences to relate to those goals, examples to relate to those goals. Now, that's still a lot um, to, to think about. I understand that. And so um, a simple formula that I was, um, one of my, my colleagues, one of my peers, partners, shared with me. His name is Tristan Layfield from um, Layfield Resume Consulting, LRC. And um, he has a very good acronym, and I use this, and I swear by it, and I teach this as well, is to use the acronym ARV. So A is the action. What did you do? So I managed a team, right? I managed a team. That's what I did. And uh, the, the reason or the result of that was I managed a team and the reason being is to drive uh, production costs for consumer goods, right? Maybe it's uh, to, to to drive the manufacturing of um, nutritional products, right? So what did I do? I managed a team, and why did and what was the result or what was the reason? So that I could drive the performance of nutrition um, products and um, consumables, and then the impact, the impact being the value. So A is the action, R is the reason or result, and V is the value, the value, the impact. Now, by me doing, managing that team to drive this consumer goods, what did we accomplish? By me doing that, I maybe mitigated the risk of shortages of food or something. I could be, let me think of another one. So I managed a team to drive the manufacturing of consumable products to deliver the next series of products to the Asian market or to the Latin American market or to the US market, right? To drive that growth. So I managed, I managed a team and what was I doing? I was driving product production and why did I do that? It's to provide value, it's to provide these products, it's to grow the global market. Mm -hmm. That's what I did. So, so the impact, that V part, action, reason, result, and the value, the value is the part that a lot of people skip out on. We stop at the reason. What did I do? I managed a team of individuals to drive production. That's what we say in, the, in our, in our uh, experience sections. But you have to take that one step further. You manage a team to drive production to do what? To grow, right? To grow the business, to grow the market. And, and that's called uh, an impactful resume. A lot of times the industry um, is complaining. If you're reading articles about employment, a lot of people say they get resumes that aren't impact-oriented. They're not results-oriented. Mm -hmm. And so you have to make sure you go to that extra level. Answer the question, so what? Whatever you write in there, when you get done, you put a period at the end of it, ask, so what? If you can't answer, so what, then you need to write something else in there and reevaluate. Sure. If your in input there is not a so what answered question, then, then think about it a little bit more. You have to take it to one more step. 
that will separate you. That will make or break your profile. Again, going back to that meeting. Hey, I have a great profile, Bob. This person is a salesperson and a relationship manager in technology. It looks like they're really focused on um, on community growth and environment, which is great because that's what our company is all about. Bob says, well, what do they have experience doing? Well, they have a lot of project management experience. In what capacity? Oh, well, it looks like they managed a team here of four people, and uh, he was doing that in a production environment, so they were driving those productions. But, okay, well, so what? Well, it turns out that he grew the market share by 6% after that. So now you have a little bit more of context. Now we just created this avatar profile, but I feel like I got to know him already, mm -hmm. right? Like now I see your value. Now I know who you are. And I, I see what you look like. You're presentable. Maybe now we should consider reaching out to that person hmm. versus the person who has the standard profile with nothing written there and no impact as far as their experience. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I was going to ask, I was really curious. So the value part of that acronym, does it always need to be quantifiable? Some things are quantifiable, some things aren't, right? And um, and I would I would really encourage you to think about how to quantify that, right? Because the popular way to quantify things is using money or percentages. I've either grown something by this percent or I've made X amount of dollars. But we get trapped in that, right? We really get trapped in that. It could also be, let's say, in your lead generation, right? You might have generated leads, 16, okay? You've created campaigns. That's the action. What was the reason or the result? It's to generate, generating 16 different leads, right? Um, and once you've generated those leads, what was the impact of that business, which maybe expanded the business's portfolio or pipeline of prospects from zero to 16, mm. right? You, they might've had zero people, now you have 16, so you did 160%, right? That's how you can quantify it by percentages. Um, another thing, is sometimes our jobs aren't necessarily like numbers related. For example, in the project management one, um, I might have had some things in there for metrics, but at the same time, what was I doing by creating these reports on the metrics? Um, yes, I was creating a way for us to review our metrics, but really what was I doing? I might have been creating this presentation to articulate the performance of the department to the executive leadership team. I've quant qualified it versus quantified it, yep. right? This is why I've done it. I managed a team, I'm driving productions, I created these presentations and metrics, so what? I did this to then be able to tell the story to the higher management. Mm. So now I'm a, I have speaking abilities, right? Now I have communication skills because I've created these things to be able to articulate a story to somebody else, mm. right? So you can qualify it that way. That's a good way. point, it can be qualitative or quantitative. Uh, absolutely, and a lot of times we focus again on the quantitative, with like the percentages and the numbers, but qualifying your experience is also very important, mm -hmm. right? So those are the key components, I would say, that we should all consider when we're building uh, a LinkedIn profile. And I know it's a lot to digest, but at the same time, if you take your step-by-step, -step, go through the cover photo first, go through the profile second, think about your header next, maybe skip down to your skills from that because you know your skills, and then think about your summary. How am I gonna talk about myself? Maybe then put in the experiences and really take some time to think about that. The key thing with this whole thing is that LinkedIn at this point in this day and age, there's over 580 million users, right? Two joining every second is the stat. And this is the job 
core, the job central. This is where all their jobs, most of their jobs, 580 million people are on there. How many jobs are on there, right? 20,000, 20 million? How many, like 2 billion? How many jobs are actually out there? There's a lot of them. If you're on LinkedIn, you see in the top corners, people say, hey, consider working at this company, right? You go to the job sections, there's a million positions open, right? The opportunity is there but you have to be able to position yourself accordingly. And LinkedIn, having your LinkedIn profile is the foundation of all of this. If you have your LinkedIn profile set and you've got that down, you'll be able to write your resume easily. You'll be able to talk about your experiences easily. You'll be able to go into interviews easily. And you can reference your LinkedIn profile as your center block, your cornerstone, and use that as your talking point, your guide in, uh, in the interview process. Yeah, so as you're writing all these different sections in your LinkedIn profile, would you recommend making all those edits on the platform itself, or do you recommend like writing on a Word doc outside of it and then transferring everything over? Okay, so personally, um, when I switched careers, I went from a technical engineering field into um, social media sort of internet space. And... Um, and when I was doing that transition, I knew after I made the transition, I knew that I had to update, you know, for my new position. Comes to find out, when you look at LinkedIn, when you understand the algorithms, I've been on there playing around for a long time. The single pivotal moment in everybody's profile career is when they publish a new position to their profile. You can see this in your notifications um, when you see somebody, so-and-so started a new job, so-and-so got promoted, so-and-so. You just get a whole bunch of like, you know, notifications of people who have like changed careers. And those sit in your notifications. They don't disappear. They don't expire until you click on it, right? Um, and so I would say that it's to your benefit to leverage the algorithm. As soon as you add a new position into there, it's going to shoot that out to the world, right? Your entire network, your entire link LinkedIn global network. And, and that's an opportunity where people will then click on that in notification to find out what you're doing. People who you least expect to look at it, um, people who you most expect, like your friends and family, and people you least expect, maybe people who are looking for you and you don't even know that they're looking for you, right? Or people who want to get in contact with you, or people want information from you, or anything. They just want advice from you, mentorship from you. This is the moment that when, when that notification goes out and says so-and-so has switched jobs or so-and-so has added a new position, people will click on that. And you want to make sure that your profile is ready to be reviewed by people. It has all the information that we just talked about in there set and ready to go. So if you haven't updated your profile in a while and you don't necessarily know what you're going to write in there just yet, I would definitely recommend writing it off of the platform in your Word document, in your Google Doc, whatever it may be. Work on it a little bit. It's only three bullet points or five bullet points. Work on those. Work on those. Work on those. Make sure you get it right. Take some time to think about it. You know, it might be like two days from now after you've iterated a little bit or thought about it or maybe said, hey, I might want to tweak something here. Get all that stuff right. And then when you're ready to change your position and uh, update your LinkedIn profile, do it all in one hit. Just copy and paste it over. Write in all the stuff you need to write in. When you click submit and that notification goes out to everybody, everybody knows exactly what you're doing and you're happy with how you articulate that message. It's a really good point. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day as far as making edits directly on the platform. And for multiple platforms, I really wouldn't recommend it just because just you want to get it right before you really hit publish. Mm -hmm. And I would say along with this whole getting it right thing, I mean, don't overthink it, right? Um, talk about your position. Talk about it's who you are, right? It's your time to just express you know, who you are. So take some time to think about it. And then just and then just write it. Don't spend weeks and weeks and weeks trying to tweak it and make it perfect. Because again, that's not what's going to get you found, right? You just want to make sure you articulate your message accordingly. What's going to get you found is those skills at the very bottom. 
So pay attention to your skills at the very bottom. Write in all the right skills that you have. You can make all those changes. LinkedIn won't um, update that to everybody. But make sure you got all that stuff written out. And then as you, I mean, LinkedIn is living and breathing. So you can continuously tweak and tweak and tweak if you like. But when you say add new position and you put in a new company, a new position title, a new years, new experiences, that's when the notification goes out. So just make sure you don't have one sentence in there. Mm -hmm. Make sure you don't have 10 sentences in there. Make it three to five, quick, straight to the point, and make sure you're using that ARV. From uh, Again, I'm, I'm calling that out from Tristan Layfield from LRC, fantastic format, action, reason, slash result, and the value. Make sure you're, you're constructing or formatting all of your experience bullet points in that format and, um, and you'll have a winner profile. Man, incredible episode. I learned a lot personally. I can go back in and make some updates to my profile, get me really uh, ready and prepared uh, for that job at an advertising agency. So in the next episode, we're going to be talking about three ways to use chatbots to boost automation. And number two is a game changer for small businesses. I'm Nathan Garrett, your digital dynamo. You can find me at NathanGarrett.net. And I'm Lante Tacona, your collaboration connoisseur. So make sure to connect with me on LinkedIn at L-A-N-T-E-I. All right. Thanks for listening.